Hawkeye. Exit, the mystery of the Ice Cave advent calendar. And Secret Santa. This is Staying In. I think it's important to note, and obviously listeners aren't going to be aware of this, that I think Dan and I are the only ones who have kind of dressed for the occasion. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, Dan is in a very festive Santa hat, and I am in a very, very warm, extremely warm, some would say too warm for this (laughs) present moment in time, um, Christmas jumper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've got my Christmas lights up. Well, you say that. They're digital lights. Courtesy of Zoom. Yeah. And you only put them up because me and Chris put them up first. I I think Sam is is the one basically holding it all up. I'm just going to throw you under the bus, mate. Sorry. Mm. Well, I can't find the plug-in to start with. (laughs) (laughs) No lights, no hats, no jumpers. I've never owned a Christmas jumper. Have you not? Uh, Actually, no, that is a lie. I did once own a... uh, (laughs) Uh, one Christmas jumper um, a girl I was seeing at the time when I was living in London was determined to buy me a Christmas jumper so she did but the only one they had left was a small uh, because this was like on the <laughs> the 24th of December a lovely Christmas t-shirt um, <laughs> so um, yeah it was it was it was nice but it was incredibly yeah, it was yeah. it was very tight what's your boob tube say Sam <laughs> Merry smush smush. Merry kill me. There's a picture of Santa just stretched across the circumference of my chest. <laughs> well, we managed to do some celebrating, Chris and I. We've we been. Did indeed. Hang on, hang on. Let me just. Dan, can you just um, check your notes? Hang on. If I just, if I just check my notes here. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking. Yeah, well, no, I, I didn't get an invite. No, I didn't no, get an invite either. Very, very strange. Oh. Did it? Did it get lost in the post? Because <laughs> this might be a theme. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, you spent a weekend together. The weekend at Willington's. Yep. So I uh, packed light as usual when one goes to Peter. Yep. <laughs> I only took my sleeping bag, my pillow, my towel. An entire crate of board games. An entire crate of board games. Mm. It was three or four trips to the car and back to Pete's flat. It really was. It was lovely, wasn't it? It was really lovely. It was a year since we did the rum tasting, wasn't it? Roughly. And I was last down in Bristol. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while since you've been here by yourself. Did you you drive past the javelin, Chris? I did drive past the javelin, Sam, yes. And you know what? I doffed my cap to it. (laughs) <laughs> what's what's the javelin oh dan oh dan you can't you can't the Come journey on, that we went on with the javelin you cannot say that you're gonna just have to listen back to a previous podcast to understand oh, I, I don't the, listen to the ourselves. majesty of the javelin <laughs> i listen when we're recording and then i forget about it immediately <laughs> um so we we had a bit of a there was, was quite a lot of adventures i would oh, say that, word, we, yes. that chris and i went on we went to go and see the goats. We didn't do. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, in Bristol, there's a place called the Downs, which ironically you have to go up to. Uh, and uh, there, on the Downs, there is uh, a lovely place, uh, which is kind of like a conservation area. And it's like kind of really close to the city centre, basically. Um, and uh, it's just like really lovely, wild kind of area. Um, and they have a group of goats. What are they called? What's it, a group of goats? A pack of goats? A a billy of goats? What is it called when you a get flock like a, of goats? A, no, it's bound to be something funny when it comes to goats because they're all like billies and kids and stuff like that, aren't yeah, they? So. Yeah, squadron. A squadron, squadron of goats. I like that. <laughs> yeah, just because right. they were in formation. A group of goats is called a tribe or a trip. A trip yeah. of goats. Yeah. A trip of goats. Go. Okay. Um. So, uh, went to go and see them. They were hanging out, having a lovely time, keeping the Bristol onion. Uh, in fine shape, which is a, a, a rare plant that only really grows in Bristol. All right, okay. As the name, I suggests. thought you meant like uncovering Bristol's layers. Nope, 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 not. They're just nope. they're just crying constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes. A group of manta rays is called a squadron. By the way, Chris just. So. Oh, you beautiful, yeah. beautiful man. There you go. That is actually quite cool. A buffoonery of orangutans. My favourite is Clutter of Spiders. 
A dazzle of zebras. A dazzle? A dazzle, yeah. Very showbiz. Mm. Mm. A bit too showbiz. What would you what would you what would you call a group of us? Oh, oh a, 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 po- a podcast of white guys. Uh, <laughs> um, Average. <laughs> um, typical. A typical. A typical uh, uh, you know, just typical. Mm. That's what we are. Um, so, uh, so we went to go see the goats. That was nice. Went for a big walk. Very big walk. Very nice. Well, yeah, because you, you hadn't been out of your flat for a week, you told me. Yeah, I hadn't been out of my flat for a week. Just hadn't, hadn't got His any exercise. His pupils were massive, Sam. That's, that's by choice. <laughs> it's, not like you, it's not like you were having to isolate. That was by choice. No, I wasn't having to isolate. It was basically like, yeah, I just, I, it was mostly choice, yeah. Yeah. So I, t- I took you out for a walk. We traversed, we, went, we, we, we kind of just went on a wonder. It was really lovely. We didn't have like a particular route. We went down to no. the river, went under the bridge. Uh, saw that viewing platform that me, you, and Sam went out, looked at over the river yep. a few months ago. Months uh, ago. Went for a nice pub lunch. I drank a lot of nice cider, nice a, lo- a lot of nice local cider, including one that was just called Oliver's Cider, which was just a silver tin with marker pen. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> it was great. It was brilliant. Bit meaty. Um, the uh, <laughs> we. We pushed a car up a hill. Oh, we did. Yes, we helped somebody. What? Yeah, somebody broke down, oh. and it was it, oh, it was it was all going on in Bristol. There was an entire fleet, a motorcade of Santas on motorbikes, like hundreds of them <laughs> driving through Bristol. And then in the middle was this four by four that had broken down. And Bristol's very hilly, and there were people trying to push this thing up the hill. And me and Pete gallantly stepped forward to try and help yeah. them push it up the hill. And I just heard this bloke next to me goes, "Oh God." We've had a all-you-can-eat brunch as well. We've just been to. <laughs> this was three o'clock in the afternoon. It was three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, like it was just like, mate, what? Like there was there was one of the people there, and they and you know she was saying like, oh, I've had a few mimosas or whatever it was, and like the guy who was in the car was clearly furious. Like he was clearly the designated driver, so it was like. You know, making sure I'll be that dealing with this all I'll be morning. Dealing with yeah. this. I'll be dealing with this not only all morning, but all afternoon as well. Like sat there with a load of eggs on toast until three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so, uh, so that was good. Played a load of board games. That was Loads. fun. Loads. Yes. Yes. We were get we were getting pictures throughout the weekend, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, I think my highlight was watching Chris trying to play Riders Republic. A wonderful video game, Riders Republic. We um, uh, so we we so basically uh, we streamed the game mm. uh, to you, Sam. Uh, mostly, partly because oh, you know, it's really nice to let people. You know, you can't be here in person. Let's have you here in spirit. Yeah, but mostly, yeah. mostly uh, to see whether or not I didn't get that invite. You didn't. Did you? Oh, that's gone missing as well. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, mostly. Uh, to basically see whether or not I could convince you to buy a copy. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, f- because, you know, the high-octane extreme sports thrills of uh, of uh, Riders Republic must be seen to be believed. Um, well, it was when Chris was playing it. It was, uh, it was half ten at night. You just finished yeah. work and said, I'm, I'm about if you are. And yeah. I was about, yeah. but I'd had a can of Ollie's. <laughs> the meaty cider. And I had a can of meaty cider... Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's been and you know it's been a while since I played games of that sort. I must say, even though I was awful at it and I kept skiing backwards, yeah, I really, really, <laughs> really enjoyed my time. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed it too. It was nice. Um, so, uh, so that was good fun. What was your what was your ball game highlight of the weekend? Because you're notoriously Pete, and this really frustrates me about you. Merry Christmas, Sam. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, it's, you're notoriously hard to please when it comes to board games. Yes, I am. Like, Peter, I'm yeah. not reading that Willington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of games I've put in front of you that I've been like, this is excellent. And you've been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all right. And then I've put a game in front of you and it's been like, you know, this is all right. This will kill. And you've been like, this is excellent. Oh, my God, this, this is excellent. Running out oh. to buy it. Where can I buy this? Um, so... Do you know, it was a real surprise for me because I thought it'd be another one of these games that Chris likes where it's actually for people <laughs> who read books and... and you, know. you read more books than I do, Pete. 
Yeah, uh, you read more books than all of us. Yeah, it's possible. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a game called, I think we talked about it before on the podcast, called Gentle Rain, or A Gentle Rain? A Gentle Rain. Yes, we have we talked have, about yeah. it on the pod. Um, and uh, I just loved it. I loved how easygoing it was and how meditative, meditative it was and um, how relaxed it was. It was like a perfect breakfast game for me. It was just a very easygoing... Um, I, 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 it's, it's definitely a game and I don't want to get into the semantics of it but it, it, feel, it felt more like an activity to have with a cup of tea and having a chat rather than like sure. a hyper competitive I really care about the outcome kind of thing it was more of a like almost like a jigsaw puzzle in the way that obviously it's nothing like a jigsaw puzzle but the kind of the act of playing it was the kind of satisfaction I got from a jigsaw puzzle in that it wasn't competing with one another. It was just, let's solve this. It was completing mm. with one another. Nice. Yes. Um, yeah. So that was really good and loved Root because uh, I played that before and it was really, really good. I liked, um, what was the one that was um, written by the communists, Chris? Uh, <laughs> did you like? And, uh, das Kapital. Oh. Uh, written by the communist. Written uh, by the, the communist. The one, the, the one, the one that was, the one that was. Uh, you know, you had to beat up all of those hardworking entrepreneurs. Um, <sighs> Spirit Island. Oh, Spirit Island. Go. Entrepreneurs. You mean colonists? So, <laughs> so uh, I liked. Sp- no, I really liked Spirit Island. I thought that was really enjoyable. Um, I thought it was a really good. It was a really good use of the theme. It was a really cool. It's a. It's a. It's an anti-colonial game. Again, I think we've talked about it on the pod. Yeah. Um. Really good anti-colonial game, and thematically, it works really, really well. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really nice. Um. And great art, great design, great use of uh use of the idea. Yeah. And and I really wanted to play the scenarios. Um. Yeah. It's it's, it's Spirit Island is an interesting game because I I remember when. Uh, Chris said he was going to introduce that to you mm. and that was probably the one I was most interested to see how you felt about it because I think that Spirit Island gives off a really bad first impression it, because it is it so terrifically like it's so terrifically tough mm-hmm. and to get the best out of Spirit Island I think you need to be playing that game every weekend with the same bunch of people um, for, for for a couple of months but it's for me anyway it was a first impression that i came away quite frustrated but then i just kept on thinking about it it's a very good game and i think if there isn't one uh, i think it's a game that would be perfect to digitize like i think it would be a perfect mm. game to like you can get I it it has yeah. been you yeah. can get it, it has digitized. been oh yeah. brilliant okay then like, I, I might go and check that out then because basically like i think the setup time is a bit too long i think that really as you say to get the most from it you want to kind of play it and play it and play it and play it yeah um and um and i i certainly do want to do that so i might go and see if i can find a copy of the uh, the video game um but yeah so we did all that stuff it was great it's good weekends lots of lovely times mm. i have now since bought riders republic oh, you'd be happy to know so, um, so does that mean Dan and I have got a? No, no, of course it doesn't have to. I mean, if you want to be a part of the cool crew, then yeah. Right. So it is our Christmas episode, <gasps> and every year Ooh. when we do Christmas, we do presents. We do. Mm-hmm. It's been our it's been our tradition. Um, uh, the rules this year uh, were as follows: mm. we each were given a name. We had to buy a present for the person named. Um, they do not know who is sending them a present. It's kind of like a secret Santa kind of thing, if you want to give it a name. I mean, I mean, that's what we call it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what anyone else calls it. Um, the budget this year has risen with inflation, so it's now £20. Remember when we used to do this for a fiver? Yeah, fi- yeah. yeah. I mean, we, literally, <laughs> yeah. we've been doing this for at least 10, 12 years. And now it and now it is twenty pounds, um, but to uh, make things a little bit more interesting, uh, each of us gets to basically um, dictate what they would like to a certain degree. So basically, creating sort of, sort of parameters mm. for 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 a gift that they would that they would like to receive. Yes. 
Um, so say for example, just looking around the room, um, uh, say for example, I would like to receive like some different flavor, some interesting flavors of tea, something like that, you yeah. know. 20 quid. Um, 20, 20 quid. <laughs> I, I actually find like buying these presents with that, with the kind of the stipulation that we have far more enjoyable than just buying normal presents because I still yeah. have the enjoyment of finding something, but I know I'm in the right kind of ballpark. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, there's already been some disappointment, unfortunately, with this year's um, gift giving. Santa has not dropped for one of us, so we'll save that person. It's the first time ever last, as well. First time ever. Um, it's quite surprising, but mm. we'll save that person till last. So let us... Um, let's pick a name. Pete. It's me. It's always you, my friend. It's always been you. So um, I asked for um, an audiobook game on PS4 or Switch... Uh, and I said, a game that's perfect to play while listening to audiobooks. This is what, like, mm. this is a, a almost, this almost feels like one of our, like, genres. Breakfast games. It is, yeah. Games to, games play to read to. Yeah. We, we, do, we do have a list, slash I have a list. Yeah. <laughs> we should publish that one day. Um, so, uh, I, so I got a lovely um, letter. This is my, it's, and on the back it says, Secret Santa. And cool. It's, it's you know. taped up because we're being COVID safe. Well, I mean, it, it looks like a card. It, it isn't, is it? So hold on, let's let's find out what's inside. Right, opening it up. Lovely, oh, lovely bit of foley. That was Ooh. there a Christmas stamp? There is a. Uh, uh, there was a Christmas stamp. Uh, Tick. It is a red. It's a red post box with what looks like an old man and a child. I assume they know each other. Walking <laughs> to the post office. Uh, walking to the post box uh, in the snow. Oh, right. So that's the, nice. the typical Christmas scene. Yeah, typical Christmas scene of either <laughs> a lovely, uh, like you know, grandfather slash uh, grandchild scene or an abduction. So, um, and then the card inside <laughs> is uh, a, a lovely red card with a white mm -hmm. Christmas tree and a gold star on the top. tick. Tickety tick 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 tick. Why are you ticking off? I'm ticking. These Christmas, these Christmas trademarks. What you expect, isn't it? All oh, right. Okay. So, this says, Dear Peter, Merry Christmas, and thank you for being a good boy this year. Love, Father Christmas. <laughs> Extra point for calling it Father Christmas. Please redeem the following uh, code on the Switch device. Now, I'm not going to read that code out. Uh, but um, Well, I'm assuming you're going to redeem it now. I'll probably redeem it ASAP, yeah. Then purchase either, so this is mul either. multiple choice, what? a game called Unpacking oh, or yes. Risk of Rain 2. If you have either of the above, <laughs> consider this hand-picked Christmas bundle, Townscaper, Feather, and Abzu. Oh, so this is like a choose-your-own-adventure that I've been provided, basically. It is. Um, so that's very, very good. Thank you ever so much, uh, Father Christmas. I think what I will do is I will... What I'll do is I'll do my typical... I like to go to YouTube and type in IGN video review, <laughs> the name of the game. Um <laughs> That old chestnut. I'll go and put that in. I'll go and put that in, and we'll find out. I've not played Risk of Rain or the se second one, so and I've not played Unpacking to be fair. So, I think Unpacking would be your. That's kind that's of the one that stands out for me. I'd I'd already read a review about it, and I, that was I think there was a review in the Guardian for it, which is either four or five stars. And it for, for what you're looking for sounds absolutely perfect. Sounds good. Mm. All right, mm. I'll mm. I will mm. tell you what then. I will give Unpacking a go. Uh, so, so it is Christmas time. It is December, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I am 36 years old, but every year since I've been 36, I've had an advent calendar. <gasps> oh, my advent calendar this year is great. We, I mean, let's be honest. For three of us out of us four, we've had an advent calendar that has basically been an advent calendar on steroids. I, I, I started going all in on advent calendars a good few years ago. I started making kind of making them for my wife. And it's just grown and grown and grown to be like it's as big as presents now. Wow, it goes over more than one month. Yeah, it's a year round. Three hundred and six. It's it's wow. it cost me a fortune. <laughs> well, I, I was I was talking about my miniature heroes calendar, which is um, 
great. Oh, now this is this is either going to make me very excited, Sam, or disappointed. What do you mean? Miniature heroes. Yeah, it's not like 3rd of December Aquaman. Oh, it's 3rd of December Dairy Milk. Uh, Dairy Milk. I've yet to have a fudge, so we're going good. Well, I love a fudge. Yeah. Well, I'll save them for you. Oh, cheers, mate. Bloody atrocious. Well, I've got I've got a nice little soda system one from Marks and Spencers here. But da, 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 a few months ago, a few of us purchased the new hotness uh, for, for all your advent calendar fans out here, out there. And I realised talking about this now on the pod, it, it may feel a bit redundant. So I'm going to talk about it now. So for next year, yeah, that, that was my you can make well. this purchase. Uh, I and both Dan and Sam purchased a few months ago um, an advent calendar escape room. And I think it's it's important that we 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 had to buy it so early because they were selling out. Like it it was just right. a case of when you rolled around to like late November, it you just couldn't you wouldn't have been able to get it. So that's what like it's been sat like on my shelf for the last like two and a half months. Mm. Yeah, and this is from the people at Cosmos, who fantastic games company make a lot of really really good games that we love but also make the exit games which are for those who aren't aware are these little escape room games in a box they're kind of one and done where they're a perfect alternative to go into the cinema where you play out a particular scenario where you have to solve clues um, crack codes and you're tearing up you're cutting bits of the box up and there are cards that are appearing and you're trying to find your way out of this room They've taken this concept and they've extended that over an entire month. So what you have is what looks to be your typical advent calendar, but it's really thick and big and chunky. It's huge. Hmm. And what happens is um, you kind of lift it up almost like the, t- the top of a chocolate box. You lift up the flap and it reveals this kind of huge kind of tableau with these perforated cardboard doors and these strange symbols on them that you can kind of open. And uh, you get two uh, pads. One is a help book and rule sheet, which acts as, gives you little prompts and notes. And the other is a storybook. And each day, the routine is you you tear off a sheet, say for, you know, as of today's recording, December the 8th. Today, I, t- I, t- I tore off the December the 8th sheet. I read where I am in the plot and the narrative. Um, I open the door. I solve the clue inside. And then through this lovely little handmade kind of cryptex, I solve the code which tells me where um, on my big box, where the next door is, where tomorrow's door is going to be, the ninth door. And I write number nine in there. So tomorrow I know where to be. That's the important thing that when you open at the box, the only, usually you have an advent calendar, you would have 24 numbered doors that you open. With this, there's only one numbered door. There are 24 doors, but only one of them has a number, which is the number one. And so you never know where to where you're going to go next until you finish that the the finishing of the puzzle will tell you where to go next and that's how you know you've got it right because it all matches up and it you know you've got to the right place and it's a lovely little thing of like that's your that's your end goal of kind of like find just finding the next one because you don't know where you're going next and the whole narrative of the game is around being lost and stuff and searching your way through and it's really really nicely kind of contextual in that sense that it kind of it does carry that through and i think i, I i've played quite a few of the the, the exit room games um most of them they all have a they all have a narrative they all have a story but most of them there is a setup and a and a and a, and a setting and then it's basically you're doing all these puzzles and riddles and all this wonderful stuff yep whereas this one what i'm really enjoying is there being a story and it's a bit like at the start there's like four pages to read at the start to set everything up and then each day there's another page that you read of what's happened what's in the room with you um what can you see what can you hear and it's real kind of mystery and i'm really enjoying not just the puzzles and the and the the physical kind of aspects that you're working with and playing with i'm really enjoying that narrative kind of drive that's that's taking the story forward which is not something i've really got a lot of from from the previous games and i love all the exit room games but this is like an added bonus that you can you can do it here because you have that thing of you're going to be looking at this for a short time every single day there's a progression of once a day so you don't have to worry about giving them loads of information all in one go you can slow it down and you can just pace it out really nicely and it just that 24 mm. days gives them that ability to do that and it's 
I'm I'm really enjoying it. The the puzzles aren't too difficult, but they're also not easy. Like one or two of them I may have got quite quickly, but most of them it takes us having to sit down and think because I do it with my me and my wife do it. It takes us having to sit down and think through it and try different things and we it always takes us a little bit of time, which is what which is what you want. You don't want to be in a situation where you're like I don't know what I'm doing. What tends to happen is when you start a puzzle, you kind of like I I can't see the answer here. There's, I can't. You, every puzzle will end up with a three-digit code, a three-number code. Mm. Most of the time, when I open up a puzzle, I'm like, I, I can't see any numbers. How am I supposed to come up with numbers here? This is impossible. Um, but then, very quickly, your brain starts wearing into game. You, because you're used to kind of the exit games, where you're used to kind of folding and cutting and looking at them at different angles or doing all this different stuff different to how you normally would you start thinking that way and suddenly all new possibilities come up and you start to say okay well this has to be it there's something on the the riddle which says this which is pointing me towards the blue book so it must has to be something to do with that and then you start to think around it it's just it's just been really terrific and it's been such a different kind of advent calendar um but but one that i I mean, I hope they do another one next year because this has been so much fun and I, I would absolutely buy it. I would recommend kind of other people to buy it as well next year. Mm. No, it's brilliant. And what I love, Pete, is when you open each door, it's like looking into a doll's house. So you look in and it's like you're looking into, it's almost like a, a naturalistic theatre set. You've got, hmm. you know, you're, you're looking through the fourth wall and you, you can peer inside and you've got the walls, the ceiling and the floor and that you actually are looking into the room and some of the clues will be in that space. And you have to kind of correlate that with maybe a riddle card that you'll get. There'll be stuff to cut out, stuff to push out. I'm not going to spoil any of the puzzles here. But what I really, really like, as Dan alluded to there, is that it is a bit like the Crystal Maze. There'll be certain rooms that just have a particular theme, say, for example. So, yes, even though this is called the Mystery of the Ice Cave, it's not, okay, we're we're in another glacier, are we? Cool. Right, right, right. (laughs) Another one. It is literally like you are in the Crystal Maze going from environment to environment and i'm i cannot wait to see where this goes and yes i i think they are going to do a, a, another lot of these because i know they first debuted it last year in germany because i've got some friends in germany yeah. who played it and they were you know they were said look it's become really popular we're going to do an english translation of this and it has that typical look of the exit game where it tells you its difficulty level they've given it a title which suggests there's going to be more in the series i've not heard anything to confirm that but I really, really hope they do because mm. genuinely this isn't a gimmick. It isn't just a case they've they've stretched out a typical exit game over 24 sessions and it feels really thin and diluted. Each puzzle feels meaty and chunky enough for a day, a day's work, really. It's really, really good. Uh, and an absolute treat, really, to look forward to each day. And how long do they, they take to complete? Mm. Five, ten minutes, probably. Yeah. I mean, considering that you've got 24 of them, so that's the thing. So you, you, so they, none of them are. You don't look and go immediately. Okay, that's done, and it's you throw it to one side because you've done it immediately. It may take five or ten minutes, but I've always found at the end of every time, I've always felt a sense of accomplishment with that as well. Like mm. when I, when I've when we've got it right, you're like, oh, we worked it out. You kind of there is a process. It's not it's not easy. It's not evident what the answer is. So mm. you have had to kind of really think about it and do interesting stuff and think outside the box, which is what the X Games have always been kind of amazing at, quite literally at times thinking outside the box. Um, and they've been so, that's one of the kind of the, the, the best things about these games. And they've, they've done it here as well, that you, you, you do kind of have to dispel all your, your normal thoughts around board games. The, the idea of mm. like bending cards and tearing cards and cutting things out goes against everything we know about playing a board game. No, you have to keep everything pristine and keep everything neat so you can play it next mm. time. Nope, Sleep just yeah. rip, draw, do whatever you need to do because you're not coming back to this again. So just, just have fun with it. Hello, everyone. Sorry to interrupt the podcast just for a second, but I'm very, very excited, so I just have to get this out now. I finished writing my adventure that I was talking about the other day for Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, and it's now published. You can go and get it on DriveThruRPG or on TitanMoth.com. It's called The Catcott Collection. It's set in the 1920s in Bristol. It stars a character who suffers from these very strange migraines and they find a weird untitled book in the Bristol Museum's archives. 
It is a one-on-one -on -one adventure, which means you just need one keeper to run the rules and one player. And it takes about three, maybe four hours, that kind of thing. I've played it with Chris. He said it was all right. So there you go, a ringing endorsement from the Staying In podcast. If you'd like to go and get it, titanmoth.com, RPG, the Catcock Collection. If that sounds of interest, then yeah, it's available now. I hope you have fun with it. I feel very, very lucky, very hashtag blessed. Do I get to pick who picks next? Yeah, of course you do. Then I pick you next, Dan. Woohoo! What did you ask for Christmas, Dan? I asked for a Blu-ray of something great, TV or film... <laughs> that's not available on streaming services. And there'd be a bonus point if I haven't already seen it. Ooh. I say a bonus point because that's a very difficult kind of quantifier to, to, to add in there. But let's see. So it could be a home video. Could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which technically, even though being in it, he may not have seen it. Here's my school play from 1983. I mean, <laughs> we were all born after 85. I know, that's why it's so mysterious. It's a mysterious school play. Okay, so there are two. Oh, mm. wow. Let's see. Oh, very generous. What? The first one. Oh, the Christmas. Oh, hang on. Making the use of that 20 quid. <laughs> okay. First one, okay, is the complete series of a series <laughs> called Alcatraz. Now, has anybody heard of Alcatraz? I have yes, heard of Alcatraz, it's a yes. prison where they put baddies. Yeah, I've heard about. Uh, if yeah. I remember rightly, it's a. T it was a. It kind of. It followed on the back of Lost when Lost finished. I think. I think that was one of the kind of came on the back of it. Shall I read you a bit of the blurb on the back, so you Please get do. an idea? Can, can, can we just preface this by saying it's a complete series in what I assume is one single Blu-ray disc box? <laughs> is it a mini series by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be one of those things where they planned on having at least like four series. They set up lots of mysteries and then they didn't get any more. The shows like Fast Forward and stuff like that. Okay. In 1963, all prisoners were transferred from Alcatraz Island Federal Penitentiary, or so we were told. Ooh. Now, America's worst criminals, known as the 63s, are returning to the streets of San Francisco to repeat their grisly crimes. It's up to top-notch detective Rebecca Madsen and Alcatraz expert Diego Doc Soto to work with FBI agent Emerson Hauser and Dr. Lucy Ben... Oh, there's a lot of names here. Um, to learn why the 63s are back and to uncover a much larger, more sinister threat. Get locked into the complete series of this suspenseful, mysterious and action-packed drama from executive producer J.J. Abrams. Does it say when this is set or is there any clues as to when this is set? Like on the box art or the back or... I mean, the only, the only date that's kind of referenced is 1963. Yeah, no, but on the front cover, like, there's no one wearing, like, 60s clothing. Because I'm just saying this because if you lock someone up in the year 1963, they're probably, like, 20, maybe 30 <laughs> max. <laughs> like, I mean, and also, <laughs> just a... even, even with a, a mobility scooter, San Francisco is very hilly. <laughs> So I'm, I'm assuming that this is, you know, this if this takes place in the modern place, there's lots of geriatric criminals running around San Francisco. Well, the, 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 on the on the cover, there is uh, an actress who, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, it doesn't have the name of them. Uh, there is Sam Neill, um, and there is oh uh, wow, I believe his name is Jorge Garcia, who played the character of Hurley in Lost. Um, ah, brilliant. So yeah, so the, the, those are the 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 tagline is 302 vanished. Three must find them. Um, wow. Okay, so that, I've, but wow. I've got a second. I've got a second disc, and I haven't really looked at this yet. So the second disc is. Ba -ba -da -ba 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 -ba, turn it over. Train to Busan. Get on board oh. to stay alive. Mm, meant to be an excellent. Do you know what that excellent film. It's on one of my? It's it's on my list of films to watch that I haven't watched that I'm desperate to watch. <laughs> I've never heard of this film. <laughs> oh, Empire did their top 100 films of all time, and it's on there. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. So this, I think it's it's wow. it's kind of like a uh, it, there's comparisons to, uh, looking at kind of the back of it with the kind of references on reviews. Uh, the references to kind of 28 days later, kind of like a zombie kind of plague apocalypse. Um, this looks amazing. Well, I have been very lucky. Alcatraz. To be fair, I remember looking at Alcatraz when it came out, um, because I was such a huge fan of uh, both Lost and Fringe. Um, JJ Abrams also did. Oh, um, I love Fringe. I love both of those shows, so I was interested in it, and I think I, I just didn't get a m massively great writer, and obviously didn't seemingly go on to change the world. But 
I'm excited to watch it, and I'm ex- very excited to see Trend of Busan. I can easily say I've not watched any of these, so bonus points to to my Secret Santa. Um, and yay, well done, well done you. I think this is the first podcast in a while where we haven't been to the cinema. Hmm, let me think. But we booked cinema tickets recently. I think we've booked cinema tickets, but we have not yet been to the cinema, which is the first in a while, I think stretching back to maybe Black Widow, um, that there's been, that at least one of us has been on a on a cinema trip. Um, but it's not, alas, going to be a podcast without mentioning something cinematic and by this I mean pulling something from the Marvel Cinematic Universe namely the character of Clint Barton Hawkeye this is a bit like the the, the advent calendar this is also something that's sort of part way through as we as we talk I don't know how many episodes is it meant to be? Six, six, eight, six. 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 So it'll probably, six. it'll probably be finished by the time this is out, isn't it? Or or the last episode is out. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> and yes, so this is another one of Marvel's um, TV um, offerings. It's a slight, slight adaptation of the uh, inc- incredible comic book series by Matt Fraction and David um, David Ayer which is hands down like one of my favourite comic book series of all time it, it's it's kind of one of those comic book series where if you were not a fan of Hawkeye you read it and you suddenly Hawkeye becomes your favourite Avenger um, um, I'm a massive fan of Matt Fraction's work anyway like his his um, his version of the Odyssey Homer's Odyssey um, is incredible like not only does he gender flip everything but everything's written in this wonderfully like iambic pentameter and to keep that up across a comic book is incredibly difficult um, his book Sex Criminals is also oh. a, a masterstroke piece of work um, it's not what you think um, and yeah so um, I've always been a massive fan of his work and his Hawkeye series is in it's just astounding. It's so good, and and in and in that series, the whole thing starts with, you know, I'm Clint Barton, I'm Hawkeye. This is what I do when I'm not being an Avenger. Like that's it. And in a similar way, this new series from from Marvel is follows the same sort of track. We're joining a character um, who's nominally only ever appeared. Um, in Avengers movies, or at least alongside other bigger sort of tentpole characters uh, in the MCU, a bit like um, Black Widow. Um, but now he's got his own series, and this explores um, essentially, essentially it's. And I think this is what I love about about this TV series the most is that it's a very typical um, Christmas show like it's almost planes trains and automobiles it's almost home alone like all the characters are trying to do is get home for christmas yeah that those are the stakes that 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 those are the stakes um which i which i really love and like i do love how they've gone full force on the whole christmas like setting it's not just oh we're releasing this at christmas so there's some nods here and there to christmas but it's it's so embedded like in the soundtrack in the kind of the tone and um definitely in the mise en scene like it's it's wonderful like having something which is so of its time and by that mean like it's so obviously like themed around christmas as well which i which i really love and kind of does a lot to play on the themes of this of this show and it's kind of dealing with lots of stuff that Marvel kind of tends to deal with at default which is themes around like family like juggling things like duty and responsibility um whilst also trying to you know care for people and protect people um and to keep you know identities hidden and all this kind of stuff blah 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 but headline is it's really good and I'm enjoying it and the CG is absolutely 
awful, <laughs> uh, but there's not much of it, so it's fine. So, 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 okay. I mean, you've said it's kind of like <laughs> Home Alone, like yeah, like is it is it a is it a comedy? Is it a thriller? Oh, oh by that I mean in Home Alone, there's a character who's trying to get home. For oh right, Christmas. is it? But is it a thriller? Is it an action? Like is it like is it spy thriller? Is it like one one thing I'd say is if you look at kind of the comparing it with the other f- shows that kind of Marvel have put out, which is kind of like One Division and uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki, the the word that springs to mind with this is just it's just fun. It's like you've got two leads in Jamie Renner and Hayley Seinfeld who are fantastic. Their chemistry is fantastic. Their comic timing is brilliant. It's not a flat-out comedy in the way, say, something like a Thor Ragnarok was. But it's absolutely funny. And it's it's that situation of putting these people in situations by putting them in this kind of Christmas environment. The idea of, like, I've got five days to get home for Christmas. I've got four days to get home for Christmas. Putting these characters, and someone like Hawkeye as well, who's been quite po-faced for his time in the MCU, to give him that... And Jay Morena, who's a fantastically comedic actor, give him those uh, that that time, that space to kind of flex those comedic muscles, is great. And he's an incredibly likable character, an incredibly likable performance. And with Haley Steinfeld next to him, kind of just you get a sense of like a Hawkeye that doesn't have any of that seriousness that Hawkeye has had for the entirety. So she's just fun, and she just loves being an archer because she is kind of the new Hawkeye so to speak and I think that's perhaps where the where she will be taken further on into the kind of the MCU world um but yeah the, the word I, I I look at it's it's action it's comedy but it's just fun to sum it up Pete there is a moment where at least at the moment in the series a lot of it is around him trying to make amends for something he did as we saw him in Endgame, where he was in a very dark place and he took on the mantle of the Ronin, who was basically the scourge of the underworld, the criminal underworld. And this Ronin suit has now been misplaced. And given the fact we've gone from that quite serious, uh, melancholic Hawkeye we saw in Endgame, um, you know, we saw him kind of slaughtering people uh, on the streets to then, you know, running through a war, a battleground, carrying the Infinity Gauntlet to cutting to Hawkeye where he's basically, he has to enter a LARPing tournament to retrieve the Ronin suit back. It's a very, intre- like on paper, that sounds like a very interesting mm-hmm. juxtaposition, but the tone of it just works because what you've got, as Dan alludes to there, is you've got throughout a po-faced Jamie Renner going, okay, so this is happening. But also the whole point is that Hawkeye is the most low-key adventure, doesn't like to be noticed, the whole point about mm-hmm. Hawkeye is that he just stays in the shadows. You know, when you first meet him in four, we barely see Jeremy Renner. We just see a silhouette of him, you know, as we are, you know, ready to pick off four when he comes to pick up the hammer. You know, he's not used to being in the limelight. He's not, you know, that's why he can kind of blend in. And he occasionally gets recognized in the street when he's with his kids and things. But there's this kind of awkwardness he feels about that because it's not something he's trained to be. It's not like Captain America, who was only ever created initially to kind of encourage people to join the war efforts. So it's a really interesting kind of tone that it's going for here. Whether it can fit all of it, all of the things it wants to fit in in six episodes, that's the only thing I'm a bit worried about, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah. this is a Marvel property, so therefore they want to continue building worlds. Um, so we'll see how it goes, really. But it, there's a kind of an element of the Shane Black to it um, in terms yeah. of that caper set around Christmas time. Yeah, caper's a good word. Thinking of like the other guys. Um, oh, what's the one? Um, Kiss, Kiss, Kiss Bang, Bang Bang is a great example. Yeah, I'm Man Free even. I, th- I think what you say is an interesting point, especially around about how it's so obsessed by continuing to grow and like feed the the wider universe. Like the the beautiful thing about Matt Fraction's work is that it's a very condensed like. Hawkeye essentially inherits a, an apartment block, like he buys an apartment block, and then it's just him trying to protect the people that that live inside it, and and that's and that's like the story. And I think the series does suffer a bit from 
all right now we're you know here's another character and now we're building the universe again and whereas i think it would actually serve better as a just an introduction to kate bishop i think i think it would definitely benefit from that it's not i mean it's not you know, a, a massive negative because I'm I'm really enjoying the series, and I think looking back on it, it's going to be one of my favourites of um, the ones that they've that they've released this year, definitely. And I, I, it's really interesting. This was originally going to be a film. Yes. N- no. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. Like, and I think it was partly. I think Jeremy Renner. I think pushed for it to be a series. I think in mm. part in terms of conversations to give you more time with the character. Yeah, I wonder if that's why the VFX is so bad. Well, I saw rumours that it was like twenty-three million quid per episode, roughly. Like, you know, it's so bad. Like in the next in the episode that you guys haven't seen, the green screen is atrocious, and like there's some fire effects in the first episode or the second episode, which is just. And I wouldn't bring it up unless I thought it was absolutely abhorrent. And I think it's, I think it's really bad, like reboot levels. <laughs> That's your touchstone. <laughs> do you remember Reboot? I do, yes. I do Reboot's remember great. Reboot. I think about it. I think about it. I often. think about it quite often as CITV well. CITV as a kid. That was a groundbreaking show. That was a Canadian TV show, mm-hmm. and I believe they tried to do a gritty reboot at some. They point. did. They did a reboot of Reboot. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I also remember watching Johnny Quest as a kid. The New Adventures of Johnny Quest. Would yeah, every episode would would end up with like a brief five or ten minute section where it was entirely CGI, but they couldn't obviously make the whole thing in CGI because that would be too expensive, but it was just the most mm. naff yeah. graphics where they'd go into this virtual mainframe. Yeah, but you loved it. Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Homer went into yeah. the CGI Yeah, the Treehouse of Horror episode, yeah. 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 That was really good. That's the one where um, William Shatner's in it, right? Is it William Sh- No, um, uh, Johnny Cash. No, you're. That's not. No. That's not that particular episode. But Johnny Cash has been in an episode. Of, you are well done. That Pete. is the coyote. You are correct. That's an incredible episode. That <laughs> yeah, is. it's a coyote. Hmm. Yeah, well done, Thanks. Pete. Who else has been in the Simpsons? Um, everyone, everyone. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much yeah. everyone. Now it's 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 my turn to pick. Sadly, I can only pick one because someone is. Someone is without gift, um, so the person I'm going to choose is Sam. Hey, hello. Here we go. Here we Here go, we go everyone. Here we so, go. as far as I can remember, I asked for a graphic novel that isn't about a superhero. Easy, you think? I didn't. I didn't define what a superhero was. Left that up to Santa's choosing. And got this lovely um, red packaging delivered with some very merry old men on them. Uh, finger, fingers crossed for the Beano annual. Oh, that would be incredible, oh, that would wouldn't be good, it? That was, that was yeah. a Christmas tradition in my family. There always was. And um, we always had that with my grandparents. They'd always buy me the dandy, mm. my brother the Beano. Yeah. And then like halfway through the evening... We'd we'd swap nice, and nice. I'd be overjoyed. My brother would be slightly disappointed. Yeah, well, because he got the dandy. It's, I mean, desperate Dan's pretty good. But know, he's all right, yeah. but none of them had any of the pop of you know, yeah. a Bash Street Kids or Roger the Dodger, Ball Boy, Skulls. Yeah, War Boy, Ball Boy, Ball Boy, oh, ball. War Boy, War Boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You remember when you'd open your 25 pence Beano, you'd open it up, and on the inside it'd be like Dennis and Menace and Nashna, and then like, you know, the bit that was sealed in the side with War Boy, and then... <laughs> a napalm girl. Napalm <laughs> girl. Right, so um, I'm opening up now. Here's the foley of, of a man opening. Right, so the first, um, the first graphic novel slash comic is a book written by James Stewart and illustrated by Kay Romay. Uh, and it's called Dinosaur Therapy. Oh. Here it is. That looks nice. And it's got a picture of two dinosaurs on the front, and one is saying to the other, do you ever struggle with self-doubt? And the other one says, I don't know. 
Good joke. So, James Stewart is in the James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. So that's nice. It's almost like a collection of um, sort of webtoons, like yeah. web cartoons you'd see on like Twitter and stuff like that. Oh, I follow these guys on Instagram. Oh, there you go. Oh. Right. Read into that what you may, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one mm. is mm. Um, a graphic novel by Will McPhail. Let's hope he doesn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) oh Christ (laughs) oh jeez and this is just simply called In oh that looks interesting left left themselves open for a sequel yeah out and then shake it all about (laughs) it's got a wonderfully um, sparse cover with just the word in uh, in the top left and in the bottom right, this is a, a sketch of a gentleman looking in through a um, a door frame um, to look, what looks like some sort of like jungle opening. I'll, I'll read some of the blurb on the back. Let's, Let's go. <clears throat> in 1963, <laughs> the world's worst. Go- <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> a little joke. Yeah, that would be good. Oh, I'll drink it. Yeah, well done. Sorry. Um, Nick, a young illustrator, can't connect with people, whether it's the barista down the street, his own family, or Ren, an oncologist whose life becomes painfully tangled with his. Nick can't shake the feeling that there is some hidden realm of human interaction beyond his reach. But it isn't until Nick learns to stop performing and speak about the things that really matter that the complex and colourful worlds of the people he meets are finally revealed to him. Oh. Oh, sounds lovely. Wow. That sounds great. That sounds that sounds a bit like Blankets, if you ever read that. Oh, that Blankets kind of like is a indie... great graphic novel. I have read Blankets and also Sculptor. Yes, Sculptor's brilliant as well. Scott McLeod. Now it's time to play everyone's favourite Christmas game, which is Chris gets to guess what he would have won. <laughs> so, so I asked Father Christmas for an indie Switch game. Within a, that is a kind of a relaxing genre, such as point and click or a visual novel. And that's what I was after. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, because of where I live at the moment, our postal service has got a new system, which essentially means that they don't give parcels to our local post people who deliver stuff. So letters come through fine, but apparently not parcels. So I don't understand why that's the case. But anyway, but I have got an email... Okay. From the arbiter, the person who decides who gets who, an impartial <laughs> okay. person. Uh, that was good. Good thinking. Holly, who for, for I'd say probably for nearly a decade now, has, has decided who gets who. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. tradition. With the subject heading, do not open until podcast recording if a secret Santa undelivered. So hang on, I'll just open up the email. A bit of Foley for you there. <laughs> <laughs> Ho, 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 Chris. It's Santa. Look, I'll come clean with you. You've been a very good boy this year, as always, and you deserve a lovely gift. (laughs) I'll come clean. Unfortunately, Northwich Post Office appears to have (laughs) it. Underestimated the number of staff they need to properly run their service, so it looks like your presence is delayed. Because I know you and the lads will be recording the podcast tonight. Huge fan. Can I get a shout out? I'm doing the annual Secret Santa section on it. I'll just tell you what you're getting so you're not entirely left out. So I'm not going to read below this. Oh, Ooh. okay. Um, oh, man. Now. Now. What's the plan? Wh- what would you have liked? Oh. Now, don't, we shouldn't play this game because every time I tell my wife, oh, I've got, I've got a surprise for you, she always says yeah. something better than the surprise yeah. that I have. Yeah, had. yeah, that's a dangerous yeah, so game. So I'm not going to specifically name a title, but something generally would, for me would be... Why don't you name a title that you have played so we know you won't, it won't be that one? And that'll give us an idea Good that we can perhaps down. work around it. So I really like um, games like Gris, uh, Neo Cab. I completed the other day, which is really relaxing, where you're in a dystopic future where you're just a cab driver and you just play out conversations with the people in your cab. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've I've just started Spirit Fairer, which is mm. absolutely gorgeous. Ooh, yeah. Um, I just finished replaying Oxen Free, so these kinds of light, kind of indie point-and-click games, which are 
not intensive because they're on a small screen, but are much more of an emphasis placed on, say, story and narrative over kind of like complex game mechanics, really. So that's the kind of thing I'm into, really. So let's read on. Your secret Santa got you a Nintendo eShop card to buy Coffee Talk. That is a very, very, very good shout. So I follow I follow a great um, YouTube channel called Get Indie Gaming, where which is, gives me a, a brilliant steer in terms of games I want to get. And Coffee Talk has been really critically acclaimed on that. And you know that you know those moments where a bit like Train to Busan, where like there are certain things they're on your radar, they're perfect for you for whatever reason you've just not encountered them. Coffee Talk is generally one of those games. Oh look at this, Coffee Talk is a visual novel. Tick. Okay. Basically, it's a coffee brewing and heart-to-heart talking simulator about listening to fantasy-inspired modern people's problems and helping them by serving up a warm drink or two. This is perfect because, genuinely speaking, one of the reasons why I didn't plug into that game originally was I wasn't sure if it'd be too repetitive. But having just played Neocab, I genuinely really enjoyed Every night I'd go to bed and I'd pick up a new passenger and I'd have a chat with them. I like the idea of these games being kind of the same universe. So you're, you're a cab driver who's kind of said, you know what, I'm done with this life. I'm going to open up a little coffee shop. And it's the same guy who's opened up a coffee shop and now just chatting with his customers. Yeah. That's perfect. No, thank you very much, Father Christmas. That's wonderful. I think, I think, I think just doing a quick call round, I think we're all pretty shattered. I think it's been an exhausting day and an exhausting year. Do we have a quorum on this year getting into the bin? No. I would like it to. I would like mm. 2021 to go straight into the bin. No, because there have there there has been uh, high points. Oh yeah. Over the course of the year, I would say it has it has been an exhausting year. However, I have to say, I have been very much looking forward to this evening, and I'm I'm I wouldn't say that my regular exhaustion, as I have been feeling the last few months to twelve months. Uh, I'm not feeling that tonight. I'm feeling revitalized. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to carry the show. You're gonna carry you're carrying yeah. all of us through, Dan. Sorry. Also, what I'm not saying here is that 2021 has been a rubbish year, right? It's not been a rubbish year. It's been rubbish in places for some people, and fair enough. But I will say this: I kind of want it to get into the bin in the same way that when I'm done with a bar of what do the children eat? Mars bars? Do they still eat Mars bars? Yeah. Yeah, Mars bars. Once you're done with a Mars bar, you've and you've gone, you've eaten the delicious chocolate, you've eaten the delicious nougat, the caramel inside. Mm. Yeah, separately, obviously. Separately, obviously. <laughs> um, to get the maximum bang for your buck out of that experience. Once you've got the you, the wrapper, you're like, well, I'm not going to keep it. I'm not going to keep the wrapper around, am I? Straight into where is it? The bin. That's where it's going. It's but going we haven't finished the, the Mars bar at this point. I know, but I'm basically sick of Mars Bar. I've had enough Mars Bar. I've had a year's worth of Mars Bar almost, and I'd quite like to just chuck You want a Twix, away. don't you? I'm onto a Twix. Oh, well Bring, up for bring a on Twix. that biscuity goodness. 2020 Twix. Um, but, but Pete, what, what, what is the wrapper in this analogy? <laughs> the wrapper in this analogy is yeah. just the remaining time. I just, I, what I would like <laughs> is some, I just want some, I just want some holiday, basically, is all I'm saying. Um, I've also I'm also happy that we've come up with our 2022 thing, which is 2020 Twix, because 2020 was meant to be 20 plenty. That didn't happen. Um, 2021, it's going on. I think was what we were calling it. it it's got it going on. <laughs> what? Yeah. Since when did we become the McElroys? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, okay, is that what they do? Yes. No, have we stolen this? Have I stolen this bit? <laughs> I don't think you have because I don't think you've ever listened to a single <laughs> oh, McElroy's oh, product. No. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, 2022 X, I think, is probably <laughs> no, actually yeah pronounced like that Twixed, <laughs> because there's that slight Middle English snobbishness where it could be yes, lovely Nestle confectionery, but it could be uh, 2020 Twix. Twix or not Twix? <laughs> uh. Ho ho ho! There it is. The Christmas episode of the Staying In podcast. Who was on it? I was. I'm called Sam Turner. There was Peter Willington. There was Daniel Frost. And there was also Dr. Christopher Darby. Thank you so much for joining us for this special edition of the show. It's really only special because we get to... 
give each other presents. Um, we should do it more often, really. Uh, but yeah, but we get to give each other presents. So I hope you enjoyed a bit of that unwrapping and joy and delight that we felt recording it. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe you've got um, something you look forward to over Christmas playing with either your family or your friends or just having some time by yourself and you want to let us know about it, then then do. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at StayingInPod. You can send us an email, StayingInPod at gmail.com. Um, if you've missed anything of the show or if you want to go back and look over a bit of our archives and staying in podcast.com is also a great place to go there's also pages that we've curated on steam and board game geek so if you're looking for some video game recommendations for the holiday season or some board game recommendations and all the games we've spoken about uh, on the many shows, the many, many shows that we've done will all be included there. And they're all absolute bangers. Importantly, all those games are listed with the um, podcast episode that they're, sh- that they're featured on. So you can go back and listen to the podcast and hear us talk about it and see if it is a good fit for you, your friends or just yourself. Anyway. We are coming up to Christmas. Our next podcast will be out in the year 2020 to Wixt. So uh, we won't see you until then. So we wish you a very, very, very happy Christmas, holiday season, vacation time. However you're spending this time of year, please do take care of yourselves. Spread a little bit of the love that you have inside of you. It's really important. Stay positive, be kind, and we'll see you in 2022. But until then, bye-bye.